would love to see exactly what you're talking about. Like four times a year, the best guys in the world are getting together. You know, one time, call it the world championships. The other three times, some sort of Grand Prix system. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast presented by Spartan Combat. This is your host, Ryan Warner. It's Monday, February 6th. New episode for you with Brian Medlin, the head coach of the Illinois RTC, our guru for all things international freestyle wrestling. In this episode, we break down two recent tournaments, the Zagreb tournament, which happened last week in Croatia. It was the first ranking series tournament of the year. Iran was there, Japan was there, the U.S. sent a bunch of guys. We also talk about the Uregan, which happened in January. And then finally, we talk about the format for the U.S. Open and World Team Trials for this spring. Really enjoy having Coach Medlin on, as always, and I hope you do as well. Fan of the Week goes to a recent Wrestling Changed My Life store purchase. Jordan Best is the proud owner of a new Wrestling Changed My Life t-shirt, hailing from Topeka, Kansas. Shout out, Melvin Douglas. Jordan Best, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by two sponsors. The first is Spartan Combat. I'm sure you've seen it, but the Yanni Diakamahalis and Kyle Dake wrestling shoes are now available for purchase on SpartanCombat.com. Each has three different color waves, totally different style of shoes. Go check them out at SpartanCombat.com. This episode is also brought to you by Quant Wrestling. Quant takes the Moneyball approach to predicting NCAA wrestling matches. They have an updated pound-for-pound ranking using their Quant algorithm, and they also have a feature that allows you to compare two wrestlers and let the Quant engine tell you who they think will win that bout. Download the Quant app now on Apple or Google Play Stores. Quant Wrestling, Q-U-A-N-T. Without further ado, let's give it up for the great Brian Medlin. Brian Medlin, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. Awesome, man. It's glad, glad to be here. Calling in from Croatia this morning. How was the uh, how was the tournament? How have your travels been? Uh, the tournament went well. I think uh, U.S. Freestyle did what they have been doing, which is you know coming over and winning a bunch of medals and beating a bunch of really good guys and you know competing hard with guys that they don't beat and taking back lessons. So 
freestyle went really well. Greco, um, there was some hit and miss. Like I think there's some improvement there. And, you know, they're, they actually left to go to a camp today. The whole tournament pretty much goes to a camp after it's a Greco thing. And uh, they all left today for a 10 day training camp and on the coast of, of Croatia and, you know, Iran's there, Azerbaijan's there. There's a ton of really good guys. So, um, you know, hopefully see even more improvement from there on. So they go to a camp all together? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. You know, it's not a – I mean, I've never heard of it in freestyle, but I know it's pretty commonplace in Greco after, you know, a big, large tournament like this to get all the countries that were there to come in and wrestle. I think Greco's a little bit unique to freestyle and the fact that, you know – a lot of it is physical conditioning and, you know, being able to be strong and be explosive and, you know, train your body and things. Not that freestyle isn't, you know, but um, there there isn't as many tricks in Greco. So I feel like these better countries feel like, you know, if we could just get our guys better and we don't care if we're making the other guy better, we're, we're about getting our guys better. And they go in and bang for 10 days and they leave better and go back to their own training systems and, you know, implement some things and, you know, I think it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. And plus like seeing these guys, like after they compete, you know, talk about going to this camp, it's pretty cool. Cause there's like a, a larger camaraderie then it's like, all right, the, the competition's out of the way at this point, you know, yeah, I'm not going to go and not try hard at the camp or anything like that. But, you know, I see them being a little more friendly to each other and I think they're, they're more willing to help each other out. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool that USA is going to be involved with this. Yeah, did they do that before the Olympics last year as well? Like, does everyone get together at a training camp before the games? Uh, no, not really. I think it's more separate than – I know separate. there are some, like, partner countries that, you know, that kind of train together all, you know, throughout the whole system that, that they do. But, you know, especially if you don't have a guy at the same weight. But, you know, I think uh, – they, there were some training camps, you know, during the Olympic year, but I don't think probably right before was was too many. And so this is everyone getting together, and is there like a central coach who leads it, or just kind of you get in there and and kind of spar around? Yeah, no, it's it's very structured because you know they'll have three hundred guys there, so I think it's uh, wow. they'll do like. I think six practices a day because they break it up into weight classes. So like the two smallest weights, uh, the three, the three next weights. And then I think the three falling weights or something like that. And, and uh, you know, they'll, they'll have a, a general schedule that the camps of, or the coaches from all the countries kind of get together and agree on like, this is when we're going to do live. This is when we're going to you know do technique, you know, all the, all that stuff. And we're going to take a day off. This is the day we're taking off and everybody kind of agrees with it, checks it off and, you know, plan just gets moved forward. Man. Could you imagine that in freestyle having all those guys in there for a workout like that? Man, that would be fun. I, I think <laughs> about it all the time, you know, cause I've been to a couple of those national team camps over there where it was very similar where you're having, they're having practice matches and you know, you're looking up and you see 10, 12, 15 world medalists wrestling each other. And, you know, it's pretty cool, but in Greco, it's the same. They have the same version of it. So, man, well, that's, that's the Greco part. And that is, that is that still ongoing or did that wrap up yesterday? Greco wrapped up yesterday. Got it. Freestyle was going on earlier last week and 
you know, our guy Zane at 55 didn't get the result he wanted, but how did his matches go for the folks who weren't able to follow the, uh, and then what is this tournament? Like the, the rankings tournament, what does that really mean uh, in this day and age? So what the ranking tournament does is it gives you points, seeding points. If you make the world championships, you can get separated separation points for it. And, and you get a little money. Um, it isn't a lot, but it, there is some. Um, Zane, Zane popped his rib in the first match, um, which, you know, anybody that's wrestled kind of understands. It's one of those things that sucks because it happens and it's going to disrupt your breathing. It's going to, it's going to do a lot of things to, you know, a really conditioned athlete that, you know, shouldn't happen. It's going to make you a little bit more tired. You're not going to be able to flex as long in weird positions. You're not going to have strength on that side. So um, he got it out, did, did a pretty good job in his first match and then was doing a pretty good job in his second match and had some opportunities to score. And, you know, just kind of, I think between that and just, you know, that the Japanese guy was kind of, you know, tailor made for, for being a tough match for him. But, you know, I think, I think he'll be able to go back and look at this as kind of an outlier experience who was wrestling really well at the World Cup and just kind of came here and got some experience. And anytime you get matches and anytime you get feedback, you could take it back to your room and be better for it, no matter if it was what you wanted or what you needed. So, um, you know, I think he's going to be better. And, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things, uh, the ribs just going to be 10 days and he'll be ready to go again. So, um, you know, I'm excited for him this year. You know, kind of a little disappointed because I feel like he could have won the tournament pretty easy. He's he's competed really well with the Azerbaijani that won, ended up winning the tournament, and he was winning the semifinals up until the last, I don't know, four or five seconds. I think he got scored on. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I think he's right there with the best in the world. It's exciting. You know, it's obviously a little bit of a letdown, but you know, exciting for for his growth this year. And you know, wait, wait, can't wait to see him wrestle and healthy. Were there any other Americans in the weight, or was he the only oh, entry? Yeah, he was. He was the only one. And so, Azerbaijan. Uh, no, he, he he ended up wrestling Darren Cruz. I mean, he's American, but Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, wrestling for Puerto Rico now, and and he went out and wrestled him right after a semifinal, which I I was really proud of that match. You know, Darren's pretty tough dude, and you know NCAA champ, and you know Zane was really really hurting um coming out of that, and just. He, he, you know, once his guy won in the semis and he figured out he was going to get to wrestle back, he just, he put it all on the back burner and said, you know, I'm going to go out there and wrestle and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to ignore my rib as much as I can. And it kind of hurt him a little bit. I feel like if the bronze match would have happened right after the Darian Cruz match, he would have been fine, but he went back to the hotel and, you know, took a bunch of ibuprofen and did whatever he had, but, you know, you get four hours to, once your body kind of cools down and all the soreness starts hitting at the time, and you know, it was tough, tough getting back out there, but that's a, that's a, that's a respectable win though over Darian Cruz. Yeah. 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 He had a couple of respectable wins. I mean, he beat, beat a guy in the first round that, you know, was probably the better of the two Japanese guys that he ended up wrestling. The guy that had more success at the, at the Japanese level. And then, um, you know, lost to that that the young Japanese kid for the semi. So he had he had a decent tournament while being injured, which is mm-hmm. which is good. Hopefully, come April, knock on wood, no uh, no injuries at the U.S. Open. So, what's the qualification process this year for Final X? Is it just a one tournament? So if you have a medalist, it's two different processes. Um, if you have a medalist in your bracket, you win the U.S. Open and then you wrestle them in Final X. 
So skipping world team trials. If there is no medalist at your weight, there is the U.S. Open guy goes straight to final X. Everybody else has to do a mini tournament in uh, Colorado Springs kind of mid-May. And then whoever wins that mini tournament wrestles the other guy in the final X. So um, they did a good job, I feel like, of really – I mean, the thing was the U.S. Open for the past few years has been so watered down just because you don't really need to go and it's just a chance to get injured because you're wrestling, you know, three weeks later anyways. Mm-hmm. But they did a good job of incentivizing people to go to the final – to go to the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is everything this year. So, you know, you go to that, especially a guy like Zane's weight, who Gilman's going to be sitting at Final X. You know, if you don't go to U.S. Open, you're you're done for the year. So – it's kind of an all or nothing type tournament, which is good. I think, you know, it's going to add a lot of excitement. I think once that, once that NCAA tournament gets over and that you got that month to kind of think about freestyle and what's going to happen at the U S open, it's going to create a lot of excitement. I think. Oh, is it, whatever we can do to make those tournaments matter is a great thing. And limiting the amount of weigh-ins for those guys, because last year it was like U S open. If you went, and then trials weigh in and then final X weigh. And that's a lot of, you know, making weight within a six week period. So yeah, the U S open being strong is just good for wrestling to have another event. We can look to that's like, all right, all the guys, you know, besides the world medalists are going to be here. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it's a lot of weigh-ins for the guy that had to go through the process, but the guy that's meddled, you know, and we got a lot of weights where we have multiple medalists there and you got to incentivize meddling. And, you know, I, I get that, but I mean, there's some some guys that literally have only wrestled the U.S. one time a year for the past, you know, decade, pretty much, it feels like. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a little more fair because it's one and one and you get that separation month between May and, and June. So if you can win the U.S. Open, you also get that eight week training cycle that the other guy was going to get. So it makes it a little bit more comparable skill wise. And will Zane wrestle at the tournament in Egypt between now and the U.S. Open, or is he going to go home, rest up, and get ready? No, we've got some things planned for him, um, some different training camps. Um, we got, we're pretty lucky. We've, we're in a pretty good situation where you know we know a lot of international guys, so we're going to be able to kind of get him with the experience he needs and also the comfort to kind of train at home. You know, we're looking at it as you know you got, I don't know how many weeks it is right now, but it's not a ton. You know, and we could put two you know, mess of cycles together here and really put together like the best version of Zane Richards. So that's what we're kind of hoping for. So he's going to head back home, go through some training camps and then U S open is in Vegas as always. So really excited that you uh, just shared the format for us. So we all know to tune in for that because there was a press conference last week where one Tom brands went on a tangent about the U S open attendance. So maybe, uh, if very at the very least, if people aren't there in person, we can have more people watching because now it really matters this year. Yeah, it's it's gonna matter a lot. So, like I said, you know, very if you're good. Not in the U.S. Open, you're out. So, awesome. Now, the the other cool thing about this tournament is that it looked like Iran sent their A team. Is that fair to say? Uh, I mean, they sent Yazdani. Um, you know, they sent Zari. Uh, you know. They sent their 61, which is really good. Their their good 65 wasn't here. Um, Gassimi wasn't here. You know, they had some they had some holes, but they sent a re- they sent a really quality team though. So yeah, Gazimpour wasn't there either. Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, it, was, Stahl, it was a good, strong team, though. Their heavyweight man is he is something. I just I see him on the podium. I'm like that dude is huge. Every time I see yeah. him. Yeah. No, he's a monster. And the, and the thing is, they have that other kid too, who's like 17 or eight. I don't know how old he is, but he's young, and he's right behind this guy who's also young and really good. So they're sitting pretty well at the heavyweight division right now. Now, Yazdani, he he did some things to to uh to some folks over there that was maybe not shocking to anyone, but when you watch David Taylor wrestle him at the World Championships last year, you maybe in the back of your mind you're thinking that looked a little easy for Magic Man. Is Yazdani losing a step? What's going on here? But oof, that was a, that was the wrong assumption. Um, you know, he texts Mark Hall 10-0, um, you know, just talk. Talk to us about what you saw with him this tournament. Yeah, and I mean, I think you hit it right on the head. Is like you, you kind of maybe thought what's going on, but at the same time, like after this tournament and what you know, watching him do to people what he did. I mean, the Japanese guy he wrestled in the finals, you know, had just pinned a mean, pin, you know, tech tech Zahid Valencia, and he murders him too. So <laughs> I think it's more of, I think it's more of. David Taylor's just that good at wrestling. You know, I think he's just one of those really special athletes and, you know, Yazdani is too, but Taylor's figured something out with them. And I think a lot of it has to do with staying out of that underhook. You know, you watch him, you know, Yazdani was able to get his underhook for a lot of his matches in this tournament. And, you know, when he's able to get that and start pressuring you around, like, I feel, I feel bad for you. (laughs) The guy's kind of like, he's like, uh, He's like a human bottle of melatonin. It just guys just start falling asleep. You know, they start they're they're defensive for a little bit, and then suddenly like he gets these giant reactions out of him and big changes of direction. And yeah, he's he's really tough there. So is he going far knee tap? Like that's his go-to with that. I was trying to watch it and break it down. Like, sometimes guys are just falling over with the pressure. It looks like. Yeah, he's got so much he does there. You know, I, he does that knee tap thing. He'll he'll like throw you by with like double like like double knee drop he's got he's got a really funky thing that he does if you just stand your ground where he'll kind of almost like a judo technique and he's got like obviously he's got throw bys there and just like you said I think the biggest thing is the pressure you have to defend going backwards it's not like folk style where you can just step out of bounds so the very first thing he does with it is he pressures you and then he is really good at like shortening up his arm so if you kind of lean back in, he can put you under put you underneath him. He gets a lot of go behinds work because he, he doesn't settle into that front headlock and he's able to kind of chase corner really easy. So um he does some things to free up his elbow and you know he's just he's got a great system for himself. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch. And man, you just think again that world championships this year, it's probably gonna be yes, Donnie and Taylor, but you also have is it Narfanov in Russia? Yeah, Nafanov, he's still probably the guy there. Um, they had the Oregon and a guy named Bagaya won it. Um, Nafanov is probably the guy for now. Um, hopefully we'll be able to see where he is, you know, Nafanov wise. I'm hoping the Russians will be in the championships. I don't I don't obviously I don't know. And the closer we get to through end of the year and they're still not released, you know, but who knows? It's it's sports and it yeah. seems like things change momentarily. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully they can smarten up and let those guys in. We'll be able to see some of those matches, but yeah, you know, I think he's, he's probably like that third, third guy in, in that second, you know, second tier of second tier. Those two. 
Yeah, he's been you know a level. You know, he's quite a bit younger, but or it seems it look. I don't know exactly how old he is, but it looks to be younger. And he's always been, you know, like you said, Yazdani and, and David Tier than him, and then everyone else. So it'll be interesting to see him go with one of those two guys again. It's been probably almost a year and a half, two years now, I guess since twenty one since since we last saw it. Yeah. So. Japan had a finalist at this weight, and was this someone who's who's had performances before to tech, you know, Zahid and and kind of do what he did? Was usually you don't see Japan at those upper weights is dominant, but yeah, no, he's he's really good, and I know he's he's had success, um, kind of at the U twenty three junior level. Um, you know, he's beaten beaten a few of Americans. He's tough, man. He's really good, and you know, I think. Uh, I think he could be in that mix with like that Nafanov and guys like that. You know, we'll see. I mean, I he's still a pretty young guy, and you know, but his gut wrench on Zahid really impressed me. I mean, I mean, you could look; it was kind of a shorter match, and you know, I think he got put on his back pretty early. But um, that gut wrench against Zahid was tight, and it, I think he's one takedown early and just gutted him out. He he scored first on Yazdani too. He walked out and kind of scored right away, and then. That was a mistake. And, yeah. <laughs> then, he, then he got the boots after that. So, but it was it was good. It was good. That was a mistake. Yeah. And you know, I know you're not a man of the of the message boards, but you hear rumblings online that after the worlds this year, Yazdani's dad was upset with the Federation. And bottom line is it's just good to see Yazdani back in not that he was ever out of it, but you know, he he's in and he's looks like he's committed till twenty four. So we should get two more two more looks at this historic rivalry before it's all said and done. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, it's great for wrestling to have that, you know, you miss, you miss that, that Sajulayev Snyder rivalry, you know, I, I mean, I can't think of any other, any other rivalry really. I mean, Yanni's starting to get one with the, the guy at his weight. Um, from but, Iran. You know, yeah. From Iran. But other than that, like if Russia's not there, we're missing those big, huge rivalries with, with Iran. So I think it'll be, uh, I think it's cool. Hopefully it continues for, like you said, the next few years. I won a rivalry with Dake and Sadakov, but can't buy that match to happen right now. It's killing me. No, and, and you just worry because it's like, man, you know, you don't know what version of Sadakov when he's released is going to be out there. I mean, he obviously looks pretty good right now. So, you know, and there's other guys there too, you know, when, when they banned Belarus and, and, in, in Russia at the same time and took two of the best guys in the world out. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, that is still one of the most bizarre matches me. I've ever watched though. That semi with Dakin Belarus, Belarus. What that yeah. is just, and that's like you said, that's, that's the guy. I mean, and I'm sure Sadakov's beaten him several times before that, knowing how close those two countries are, or maybe, yeah. maybe not, but I would assume he has. He's he's beaten him two times, I think, and I think Kevin Megan made up beat him once in kind of a really poorly ref ref match. It was like in 2017 or something like that. But uh, yeah, I thought, and I'm I'm not I'm not a homer for either one of them, but it was it was ter- some terrible, terrible <laughs> in that match. But uh, he's tough, and he's tough from like unique positions. So you know, I'm excited. I think uh, hopefully hopefully everything turns back to normal and those guys can all get on the mat together. Yeah. Now you said when we spoke last time about the world cup, a lot of these guys had competed in the Iran professional league. 
Now that has that already happened for the year, or were you referring to like last year's league's re- results, or are they getting ready to do some wrestling in in the Iranian professional league, like in the next couple of months here? So they had wrestled last year, um, kind of early or late last year. Okay. Was, was a lot of those matches that happened there. And Germany has a league; they have a league. You know, Iran obviously. I think not having the worlds and things like that. You know, I think. Uh, you got a lot more of the better Russians to go over there and wrestle. So yeah, yeah. This year's this year's Iranian league look looked pretty tough, but and I'm just pulling up the other U.S. results here. Um, I mean, the one everyone's talking about, of course, is Musakayev doing what he did to <laughs> Nick Lee. Is it's a it's a slap in the face, is what it is. And <laughs> that yeah. guy, he is just his his um his feel and his explosion for wrestling is just unbelievable to watch. Musakaya. Crazy, right? And he you you can't not watch him because <laughs> if it if it ends poorly, it's great entertainment. If it ends, you know, in his favor, it's great entertainment. Like he's he's probably one of the most entertaining wrestlers in the world right now. You know, I think uh <laughs> he's obviously super talented. Um, can score in kind of weird ways. He's going to scramble, although he seems to just get exhausted after every scramble. So, yeah, that match with him and Henderson was was pretty awesome. You know, uh, yeah, he's really good. I think he does this thing where he kind of lets you think you're snapping him, and he backs out of kind of shooting range for most people, and then he just explodes at one point. He's on your legs, and it just guys shouldn't be able to shoot from that far away. So you never really see it. And then once he's in there <laughs> – it's just, it's just this giant scramble. And he made, if he overwhelms you, great. If you, you know, score a point, you may beat him. So who, who knows? It's, uh, but he's fun to watch. He's definitely one of my favorites to, <laughs> to, to watch. You watch it, you watch it like you're watching like a sitcom or something, you know, like, yeah, you're watching it for technique. It's just good drama when he's, when he's on the mat. Cause you have no idea if he's just going to get exhausted and just blow it or, or what. So. Yeah, and for folks who are like, why is he laughing? It's like this guy is known for like some of the most incredible gassing events you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> it's like it doesn't even and when he's done, he's done. It's just my yeah. question for you is you give you give people the benefit of the doubt. I'll jump in and make some judgment. Do you think this guy is is that he his body type doesn't allow to be in good shape, or is he just someone who really turns it on later in the year at the Worlds, or maybe he's still gassing at the Worlds. Yeah, he still gasses at the Worlds <laughs> a little bit. Not quite as bad as he did this weekend. Uh, you know, I think there's a couple of things. One, he's so explosive, you know, and I, and I don't know how you train that explosion, so I don't really know what his training program is. But I know some guys that just explode like that, and there's this big flurry, you know, it, it disrupts their breath a lot. And, you know, I, there is something to that. I've heard, I've heard coaches talk about it. But, I mean, more than that, you know, he's been doing it for so long. Like, I've known athletes that it doesn't matter how great of shape they're in, they still don't believe that they're in great shape. And, you know, I think they, they think they're going to gas in the match, then they're going to gas for sure. So, um, you know, I think for him it's more of a mental – mental thing. And and that's actually what Henderson was saying before his match. You know, he's just like, he's like, I just want to, you know, get out there and scramble with him a little bit and then put that doubt in his head. And I thought that was a good game plan and he ended up, ended up working out in his favor. So yeah, no, it's, I think he's just thinks he's going to gas it. Like you said, when he's done, 
had to put a fork in him. He will not. That <laughs> one a couple of years ago when he got disqualified because he wouldn't stand up. <laughs> like wrestling Yanni, and he like laid on the mat, and they're, they're, they had to they caution him so many times. They just ended the match, which was hilarious. And his single, it's a little baggy. It's just the whole thing. It's all it is yeah. all a sitcom. Yeah, it's fun, man. He's great I, for wrestling. I don't care. Like, I'd love to like, follow him around for a week and see what it, a day in the life with Musakaya is like. <laughs> Maybe I he's... guarantee he trains hard. Yeah, I mean, it, you can't be in this sport and look like he does and, you know, compete at a high level if he trains hard. I think there's other things there. You know, I don't think he's doing anything bad to his body or anything like that. But, you know, I said, I think uh, he's, I'm, I'm glad he is what he is. Me it's too. Fun. A lot of fun. And props to Evan Henderson. He said throughout his career, he's had wins over some big names. And this is a this is a big one. Did you get to spend any time with him at all throughout the week? Yeah, no, I just watched him. I mean, I watch all these guys, but, you know, I I like him a lot. I think he's got a European style, which is kind of fun to watch. I know he wrestled that Mongolian pretty tough that had beaten, that beat Yanni at the World Cup. Um, You know, he's right there with some of the best in the world. I mean, people kind of tend to forget about him because he's not maybe been a world medalist and things like that, but he's, he's one of those better guys in America that, you know, should be on everybody's radar. And another guy who looked really good, stating the obvious, given that he won, but two two tournament wins in like two weeks, I think, or something like that, was Pantaleo. Just um, a man, another win over Haji. Is Haji normally down at forty five and a half? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 up the, a weight. Pantaleo looked enormous compared to him, and I mean, I'm not saying that like as a dig to to anything he did, but I mean, Haji Aliyev. I don't know what he weighed, but he didn't weigh a lot. I don't mm-hmm. think he was even close. And, you know, Patelio is so explosive and, and 70 kilos is kind of the perfect weight for him too. You know, I think he's, he's one of the bigger ones there is in the world and just, he's technically sound, super explosive. He's at the right weight. You know, it's kind of that, that best case scenario where he can, he can probably look as a, as a real title contender this year for the worlds. So He's so jacked. Like he's just so man, there's not a, a a piece of fat on him. And he just he he looks so intimidating out there. I'm sure you know the other countries have have uh, I'm I'm sure they know who he is and like just, just watching him walk around even, he's just jacked, man. Yeah, no, he's he's enormous. I mean, I I can't he he's walking by 74 kilo guys and he looks exactly their size. And, you know, <laughs> you, you see him walk out with this kid and they're looking at their two backs, you know, in, in the, in the little tunnel thing. And the one is just not even <laughs> close to being a stick or, you know, it's like, yeah, this is a great advantage he has. So no doubt but he's, he's tough. He, like I said, he's technically, he's really good at what he does. And, you know, like he's going to have a really good year this year. Yeah. And he, he tweeted that, he was working on, you know, a certain position with Sergey, and I was listening to, I think I was listening to FRL. Yeah. And they, or Askin brought it up and he said he wishes college guys would do that more, like spend a week or two weeks focusing on one technique versus just drilling the same old, same old shit. And I'm like, that seems so obvious. Like, is that not what's being done? And maybe it's not because you get in the hustle and bustle of a dual season and you're just kind of going through it. But it made me think, you know, if, and you're a man who thinks about wrestling in, in deep terms. So like if, if you think about like technique development at that level, 
Is that the way you'd kind of do it? Is just spend two weeks hyper-focused on a, a very niche position, not even niche position, but a very technical position? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think that that's that Russian system, you know, Sergey came from and, you know, they'll, they'll do that where it's only one technique and over and over and over and, you know, maybe from different ways to finish or, you know, things like that. But um, yeah, I mean, the problem, the good thing is he's in, you know, Pantelio and, and Zane and these guys are in senior level places where they can, where they can train for themselves and they're not, you know, they're not having to make weight three, four times, you know, two times a week and, you know, like yeah. work on top and bottom and things like that. It's kind of get, it's kind of hard to do that in the college system during the year because you're constantly just kind of maintaining, you know, your, your recovery and, you know, you're getting better, you're trying to get better, but at the same time, you know, you don't have these, these, big blocks of time where you don't have to focus on competing or making weight or anything like that, where you could put, I know what technique you're talking about. It was a crotch lift. He ended up getting, I think it was a crotch lift. Yeah. It was a crotch it was lift. Something where it was like a scramble and he ended up crotch lifting. I've been to Bella Glazov's a couple of times. We went up there and trained with Cliff Keenan. That dude shows every, every time. And I've probably seen five practices every time he showed a crotch lift every time. Wow. So I can imagine Pantilla has worked on a lot of crotch lifts. So yeah, and it's kind of cool when those when those things pop up and you've never done them before, and it's like, okay, I have my time was was uh, was was validated here. So, yeah, no, it's uh it's something that senior level guys. I wish I wish the college season, you know, and I don't know the right answer there. You know, I wish it had a little different format to where it wasn't quite as hard on these guys where they could focus a little bit more on training and you know keeping their bodies healthy and things like that. Do you have you know this is a very hotly contested topic right now in terms of season format. Do you have any uh, any any thoughts or any plans on how how it would be if you were the commissioner of NCAA wrestling? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I go I listen to them all, so I think there's a lot of things that make sense. You know, putting more emphasis on duels makes sense. You know, it's the more it's the more exciting of the two. It's a little bit easier to to put out there, and you know, it's short. You know, it's not like a tournament where it's a little bit longer. You know, I think uh, making an NCAA championship dual team format, uh, you know, seems to be the thing that makes the most sense, you know, and to be able to have qualifications for that early in the year. And, you know, I've heard it about it being talked about being a spring sport and being a false, you know, winter only sport. You know, I don't know the right answer with that. I just know if they went all spring and they had to move back to NCAA championships. I mean, maybe they're talking about going all spring and just starting January, February, and then having your championships in March. Um, if they push them back, you're going to run into USA wrestling's qualification process. Like it's already too close as it is. I mean, these guys get done March 18th and they got to wrestle in the U S open one month later after a long season. And, you know, they got no time off as it is. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'd hate, I'd hate to thought, think of, you know, putting those things kind of even more back to back, but you know, I, there's a lot of good ideas thrown around. And I think there is a good combination of things if we can, if we can all agree on them. I mean, yeah. I don't, I guess I don't have to agree on it. You don't have to agree on it. It's just hopefully the person that's making the decision is, is smart enough to do what's right for wrestling. Yeah. And that's the thing that's, and maybe people know, I don't know who is making these decisions. If it's the coaches, it's always a great analogy to think about if other sports coaches made the rules, it would be, 
it'd be a scary world. And in college wrestling, it seems like that is the case where the coaches are. I don't know, you know, who's deciding on the format. But I was just talking with, you know, we'll move on from this because people are probably sick of me talking about this. But I had two epiphanies during my my three weeks away. One was that there's so many good duels outside of just the Big Ten. And the Big Ten Network does a phenomenal job. So we keep, you know, they're doing great. Friday and Sunday's awesome. But the Big 12 has some fire matchups right now. Um, you know, once in a while, you know, you'll see some other big ones. Pac-10's going to ha- have some good ones. ACC, right? So it's like if we could just get it where you know what day these teams are competing, right? So Big 12, maybe they have Saturday night. Um, maybe ACC has Friday night and Big 10 Sunday. Whatever it is, like we just need to have it so that it's consistency. And maybe it's they're all on Sunday, but it's just, you know, you have duels at noon, two, four, and six. And that way you can just kind of play in your Sunday around when these duels are because I follow this stuff closely and I don't know exactly when they're happening at any given time. So I just wish there was a little bit more consistency on when the duels took place. And they are on the weekend generally, and they're usually Fridays or Sundays, but it'd just be good to have that like set in stone. So like every week a family knew, and it's hopefully not too early in the day. So it's, you know, you're not competing with high school or youth tournaments. So that's one. And then the other thing is shut down all wrestling in November. You can hold the opens in December. You know, you don't have to go. It, it, you know, open tournaments in December, but you know, I don't, I wouldn't anticipate the best guys would go and then just have, and this is Jordan Blanton. He said 12 duels only January and February, those 12 qualify for the dual championships. And then you keep everything else the same. You just add the dual championships and maybe, you know, maybe you, put that like the last week of February or, or the third to last week of February, but limit it to 12 weigh-ins and, you know, just really shorten things down. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. You know, I, I, I like that. You know, I like, I like, I like both of those ideas. I think being able to communicate them things to people a lot earlier, you know, I'm, I'm always getting on social media and, and realizing two days after an event happened that it happened, you know, and I'm, I'm, like you said, I'm involved with the sport pretty heavily. So, you know, I think that there's a way to communicate when's ha- what's happening and when and where you could watch it a little bit better. Um, I really like the idea of the no, the lack of, you know, getting rid of those tournaments in kind of December. There's so many medical forfeits. I mean, you see they're good practice, I guess, and people are getting better from them, but at the same time, you know, you 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 watch those tournaments you watch midlands and you know 20 percent 25 percent medically forfeit out at some point or you know it's not a it's probably not a sustainable model to keep doing that stuff especially because coaches have to keep their team healthy for if you're in the big 10 you know you're wrestling the next week and two really high high level duels so they they got to protect their guys and do the right thing by them and keep them healthy for those duels and all, you know, throughout. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like that idea, you know, tell Jordan to get on the committee or whatever, whoever's making those decisions and, Man. and get it done. Seriously. Well, let's get, let's get back to freestyle a little bit because this is your, this is your world and you're, you're super deep in it. Two more things I want to talk about at, at Croatia. Then I do want to hit on the Oregon because that went by and I didn't even know it. You know, I was out of out of country. John Kozak covers it well. Um, and there's some other people posting about it. But before we get to you, Regan, I love this guy. And I'm so glad he's still wrestling. Chance Marsteller, man. He's scrapping. He's going out and battling, getting a bronze medal. And, you know, you know you're going through a tough road here in the States. But did you have a chance to watch uh, his matches and any, any observations there? 
Yeah, I watched, you know, watch his matches. He, he's good, man. I mean, he's really good. And, you know, like you said, I, I, everybody kind of appreciates, especially after some of the stuff that came out last year, you know, just the struggles that kid's been through and to still be wrestling at the level he's wrestling at and, you know, making his body function and things like that. You know, I'm, 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 it's such a great story and he's such a good guy that, you know, you like to see him go in and win medals in tournaments like this. So it's exciting. I still remember a, it was a tweet or a video that Daniel Cormier posted like in 2017 when Oklahoma State signed him that he was out in the streets of San Jose having a party celebrating to himself <laughs> because that's yeah. how that's how like highly recruited Marsteller was out of PA. And, you know, he had still a great college career. I think we have insane standards sometimes, but, you know, not what maybe you would have thought he would have had. And then, like you said, he had a, a pretty revealing podcast where he shared some of the struggles. So he's still at it, man. And I saw a post he made afterwards. He's going back to Egypt in a couple of weeks. So dude's all in. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think in high school, he's one of those like Kerry Colat types. I mean, not, maybe not quite at that level, but really close to it. Like you, you really, you saw him and you thought Kerry Colat, or I did when he mm -hmm. was in high school. And, you know, that puts a lot of expectations on you in college. And, you know, I think uh, he went in and, you know, maybe didn't live the right life and that those things weren't happening and some demons popped up and, you know, but you love to see a comeback story. I mean, that's what like Rocky makes us, you know, love yeah. Rocky movies make us love that stuff. Right. And he's definitely a great comeback story. So, you know, his match beat, beat JB last year, you know, he's right there with some of the best in the world. So I think uh, he's going to have a great year. Yeah. The great and, coach. And so is his coach Kendall? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And I, I think for like mindset stuff, like listening to Kendall Cross a lot, you know, just he's such a student of the sport and, you know, knows what it could do to your body if you don't take care of it. And he's, he's extremely intelligent. So I really, I really think he's in a good position for himself. He's so you're my recurring guest for, for the podcast. And then whenever I do an audio doc, it just seems that he's involved in every audio doc I do. And so he's like, he, I'm doing one on Henry Cejudo and he went back to the OTC in 07. And so he was out there when Henry was out there. And so it just seems that everyone I've done, he's been involved with and interviewing that guy is like, his storytelling is amazing. His memory is insane. And not every wrestler can do an interview and not have them be the subject of it. You know, like every question you ask them about someone else, they turn it back to them. And I'm like, ah, it's not what I'm asking. He never yeah. does that. And he's he's the best. Man. I love Kendall Cross. Yeah, he's the best. He's actually the reason why I got my own room here. Uh, <laughs> I showed up and I had my own room. There's one bed. I was like, I was I was so happy. Like I was thinking to myself for a week, like, I hope I don't get somebody that snores. Like I have trouble sleeping anyways. And I saw him at dinner and he's like, hey you know we we're supposed to be roommates i go there's only one bed in there and he goes yeah they wanted us to sleep in the same bed he's like but i i went and got an airbnb or one of those guys had <laughs> a room so he stayed over there thank god like i like him don't get me wrong like he's he's one of my favorite guys to be on a trip with but at the same time like i don't want him in, in a bed no. next to me anything like that so he's he's a good dude though he's the best um yeah so he so I didn't, okay, I, I mean, I knew Chance Russell for the NYC, but I didn't know, like, how often he's actually in there working with the guy or if it's just, you know, he's wearing the singlet. But, yeah, he he's the man. And, you know, Snyder won. It's like, 
I don't think we'll realize until he's done how just insanely consistent that guy is. I mean, I think you you see it and you're like, oh yeah, he won next topic, but the dude is just unreal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the best guy in the world by a lot, you know, and there, there's a young Azerbaijani here that, that pushed him a little bit, but that's all he does is he just gets pushed. You know, he, lo- he wins, he wins a close match and everybody's like, Oh, you know, because you're just so used to him just blowing people out. Like we're so spoiled to have him in wrestling because he's such a consistent person. He's kind of the anchor for, for the U S and has been. And man, I hear him talk, like I'm going to stick around on, you know, can't walk or I don't know what he said. He said something like that. Like he's going to, he plans on wrestling for quite a while. Like he loves this. So God bless hopefully him. He just keeps going, man. He's a great yeah. role model for our kids and, you know, he's special. Yeah. Colin Moore getting a W. You love that. And then the last guy, Jason Nolf, man, he is, he's really coming into his own, you know, winning this tournament and knocking off some good guys doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that Iranian he wrestled was really tough. Um, you know, he, uh, he did, he did some things in that match that he, you know, that hadn't really seen from him in the past and just, yeah, he was tenacious. He kind of got, Looked like he got kind of dinged up in the quarters. So I was kind of expecting him to, you know, and I, I didn't follow him back to the warm-up area or anything like that, but you saw him kind of twist his knee, I think, a little bit. He's had some injuries, so you think, oh, no. But he came back out, looked great in the semis, and then I thought wrestled one of his best matches to date in the finals. You know, I think uh, he wrestled really well. So, yeah, he's going to be right there with, with, with Dake and the rest of these guys. Yeah. Now – Russia, you said you know they're they haven't been cleared yet. Do you know? And I'm guessing no, but are they going to be wrestling in the Europeans? Because that's that's the big tournament on their calendar every spring. Yeah, and it's coming. I mean, from what I understand, they have not been released to compete. I know the IOC put something out the other week that was kind of cryptic. It was like if you never said anything for the war, you know, you know, we're 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 saying you should get to, but I don't I don't know who makes it's kind of like the NCAA stuff, right? I don't know who, who is it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would imagine yeah. the IOC, but I'm sure there's some a lot of political stuff that goes on behind, you know. I think the Russians think there's a chance, but you know, they're they're just going about it as if, you know, as if they don't know either. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully because it 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 has to be soon because the qualification for the Olympics happens soon too. So I know, I don't know how that would work if they, uh, if they released them, but then at the same time, like, you know, released them next year at the world championship or at the Olympic game qualifiers or I don't that'd know. That'd be how horrible. That. Yeah. That'd be, it'd be horrible for anybody entered at those weights. Oh you yeah. Better be qualified. And I don't know, like I said, yeah. I don't know if that's the way it would go, if they would do it, do it differently, but I know for this year it's it's uh, it starts the process and hopefully uh, hopefully they're in it. Man, the pre-Olympic year is so freaking exciting. Just yeah, God, it's awesome. And I didn't, you know, we our Pan Ams is is a big deal for sure, but not like the Europeans is to uh, to the, obviously the countries in Europe. So and just from doing the the deep dive on Satya, like that was his big tournament every year was getting ready for Euregan in January and then Europeans in like March or April. And so that's going to be coming up. And I was hoping maybe Russia would be back in that. Cause that's the, that's the qualifier. Well, not really a qualifier for worlds, but 
it's a big tournament for Russia in terms of setting their team outside of the nationals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then getting to the worlds and the worlds being everything for the Olympics this year, and then yeah. obviously Europeans next year, and you know who knows, who knows what'll happen. Hopefully they're back soon. And the Uregan happened in in January. We don't have to go through every result, but just a couple I saw. Ugoyev was wrestling. He won. What did I mean? I know you're you're probably hyper focused on that weight. What'd you see there? Uh, you know, guys were keeping it closer with them. Um, you know, and it's kind of like a, a, maybe a guy or two at other weights that, you know, I, I don't know what his training's like. I don't know what his focus is like, you know, things like that. I mean, he's such a professional and he's still good at wrestling. You know, he, he, and he won a really good weight. I mean, that, that weight is tough. I mean, the guy he beat in the finals was really good. Both bronzes were really good. There's a really good guy. I think there's probably half dozen guys in the top 10 that were, that were at that weight. So he won a really good one. It's just, you're used to seeing him just go out there and, you know, minus maybe one match at Russian Nationals a couple of years ago to just decimate everyone else. And it's not as competitive, but it's a little more competitive. And, you know, I don't know if that's him not being the, you know, the right training stage or, you know, whatever that is, you know, but, but he, he's still obviously he's an Olympic champ and just won one of the toughest tournaments in the world. And, you know, he's, uh, he's the best, he's the best right now until somebody beats him. Yeah, and it's the fact that I mean, no Americans went for the obvious reason, but even if there wasn't the situation going on in Ukraine, like I don't know how many Americans would be going, maybe a lot, but I've uh, I've been going down a rabbit hole, and stay with me here on this, but a rabbit hole in like elite tennis players. I've read like four autobiographies in the last two weeks on my trip, and I'm like, man, these stars like Nadal, Federer, Pete Sampras, they were playing like 90 matches a year, right? Mm-hmm. All the time. Now, obviously, the strain on the body of a wrestling match is much different than a tennis match, but they're doing a shitload, though. Do you think it's because there's prize money? That's why, like, what I'm saying is if wrestling gave up the level of prize money like tennis or golf did, do you think the best wrestlers in the world would be wrestling multiple times a year, at least at, like, four big events, like their equivalent of four grand slams? Or do you think wrestling just lends itself to only having one big tournament a year, even if there was, like, massive prize money on the line? Cause it just pains me. We don't see these guys more. Yeah. I think, I think uh, you, you're, you're right about the, the body toll of the, of the matches. You know, I think, you know, wrestling, you see what the NCAA does to a guy's body, you know, and that's not 90 matches, you know, you're <laughs> only getting 20 some at that point. So I couldn't imagine what 90, 90 matches a year would do to you. 90 high level matches. And I'm not suggesting that, but no, no. And I, I like your idea of like the grand slam stuff. And I know that they've had these grand prix in the past, like where they're they the Tbilisi and, you know, things like that, that were kind of very, they had the Oregon and the world championships. And a lot of times those tournaments, those grand prix tournaments were better than the world championships. Cause you just got more, more better guys like you didn't just mm-hmm. have one from each country or whatever so you know I, I like the idea of making like a giant prize money type match and you know tournaments and kind of spread them out throughout the year but the problem is you run into the qualification process of countries you know like Japan didn't send their best team to the World Cup because their Emperor's Cup was happening then and they that starts their Olympic Games qualification process so you know I think 
to have those big tournaments in in June ish to spread them out enough. You're going to have to have one in kind of the that early summer or mid summer, and now you're pushing close to the worlds, and you know just not sure how it worked, but would love to see exactly what you're talking about. Like four times a year, the best guys in the world are getting together. You know, one time call it the world championships. The other three times, some sort of grand prix system. Yeah. And I think these ranking tournaments kind of had that in an idea, you know, cause I don't think anybody really cares if people are separated or not, to be honest. Like, and I don't think that that's something that countries typically care about, but you know, for, for the ranking tournament, you know, there was, the idea of, of making that Grand Prix style stuff. And, you know, I think it's a good idea. It's just we haven't found the right combination or stuck with the right combination long enough yet. Money talks, so coach. I think we put 200K on the line, you, you know, even more sometimes, you know, who knows what would happen. You know, uh, that's kind of what sparked it for me is I'm like, I like the idea of the rankings tournament. I like that these countries are getting together and there is some stake in the game. Like if you're, not one of the best guys in the world and you do get a separation, it could mean a medal, you know, with the two bronzes. Yeah. So it it is, it is meaningful and I love it. And so that's what made me think of it. But um, I know we didn't get to talk about, you know, the, the fighting Illini season and, and your, your son with regionals, man. And, but all, right. uh, all good, man. It, it's good to have you on coach Medlin. And I really appreciate you. You dropping some international knowledge on us. I can't wait to see you. I'll, I'll definitely be at NCAs and maybe I'll be at Big Tens, man. So hopefully I'll see you uh, at one of those two events here coming up. Yeah, cool, man. Like I said, it's always a pleasure talking to you. You know, it's glad to glad to know you're going to drop $200,000 on this tournament. You, know, <laughs> you, you write the check to the IRTC and I'll start putting it together tomorrow. So Perfect, I'll man. I'll start Perfect. inviting people. Yeah, we'll get them here before you know it. We'll have Russia versus USA duel. Man, that used to happen so often. I, I mean... It. Every time I, God, every time I do NCAAs between rounds, you know what I mean? Like how, wow. how exciting, like wow. USA's real team, Russia's real team, real team. Like put them, put them out there and have them wrestle each other at the, right before the finals, you know, or the semifinal round or, or wherever it fits best, you know, the I, I winner, the winner gets a poetic T-bone, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> So you might have to up your. They might up have to your, up it a little bit from there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, Coach Medlin, safe travels to you, and uh, give everyone my best over there. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life with Brian Medlin. To support this podcast, please follow us on Instagram at Wrestling Changed My Life. If you enjoy this episode, give us a five star review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. So look down, see where you're listening to the podcast at, give us a rating, give us a review. Also support our sponsor, Spartan Combat. Go to SpartanCombat.com to shop Kyle Dake and Yanni D's new shoes. Also, thank you to Quant Wrestling. Download the Quant Wrestling app, Q-U-A-N-T, Quant Wrestling. We'll see you later this week with a new episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!